0: Strava Craft Coffee is a rich CBD-infused coffee that's tasty. You can get it in K-cups for your Keurig, or you can get it whole bean, or you can get it pre-ground. They've got the whole thing set up for you, and they'll deliver it right to your door. So you can get that ground coffee delivered right to your door. It can go straight into the coffee maker. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Make sure you use the code DNVR20 when you make your purchase from Strava Craft Coffee, and they'll hook you up with 20% off. Your entire order. Make sure you check out Strava Craft Coffee today. Broncos country is yes. sitting in the south stands, drinking the courage from mile high. The best part of the weekend, hugging. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution for providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use some of their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs And some of our very own staff members here at DNVR are taking classes at MSU Denver Online this summer. So head over to msudenver.edu online to scope out all they have to offer. Really great program over there. And uh, everyone over here, big Roadrunners fans. So uh, make sure you check out MSU Denver Online.
1: Big Roadrunners guys over here. and We actually have people taking classes with MSU. That's how much we believe in it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh Mace out on assignment today, so it's just Zach and I. And we've got some interesting stuff to talk about, but I don't even want to waste any time here because a report came out this weekend that Zach, I know you and I absolutely love. And it's a funny thing because, you know, usually someone even made a joke about this on Twitter. Usually when something like this comes down, I just say, ah, smoke screen, smoke screen, smoke (laughs) screen. But there's one person one person in the entire denver media other than myself or you or mace i guess (laughs) uh who when they say something around this time of year i usually raise my eyebrows and sit up in my chair a little bit make sure i you know uh make my uh make it so my ears are making sure i hear exactly what they're saying and that's woody page for whatever reason woody is extremely dialed in this time of year with the Broncos, um, I could take you all the way back to when I was at CU, and I had a class, and one of our one of the field trips of our class was to come down to Dove Valley for the draft, and we get to watch how the media operated and everything, which was an awesome class. Shout out to uh, Dave Platty who taught that class, and I very rem- I remember very clearly uh our teacher dave brought in woody page to talk to our class and someone you know asked him well what do you think the broncos are going to do and he said well i think that you know if he's on the board when their pick comes up or or maybe a little bit in front of them the broncos are going to uh, going to try to get shane ray and <laughs> rest his history there um Bingo. then the next year I had a friend who was in the same class, and I said, um, hey, you know, whatever, if Woody comes and talks to your class, make sure you tell me what he tells you guys, because I'll start working on, you know, uh, whatever the story is, (laughs) and that year, came into class, told the class, I have a pretty good feeling that the Broncos are enamored with Paxton Lynch, (laughs) boom, nailed it again. So as we've gone on here, I'm pretty sure he mentioned Noah Fant before last draft. Um, even Drew Locke, I think he was, you know, hot on the trail of that interest there. So Woody knows is essentially what I'm talking about here, and and he has he's done pretty well with avoiding the smoke screens to get real information around this time of year. And Slyly, not even a report or anything like that, just responding to someone on Twitter, he says my sources. Indicate that the Broncos are going to try to trade up into the top ten to get one Jerry Judy.
1: So Ryan, the first thing that I thought of when when I saw uh, Woody's tweet was, okay, the Broncos are going to trade up into the top ten to get Jerry Judy. That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean that that yep. that's what that's what's going to go down now. Woody was specific. He said they're going to go to either eight or ten and get Jerry Judy now maybe this this means that uh it wasn't just all smoke last week with the Cleveland Browns talk because of course the Browns are sitting at 10 they want to draft Ezra Cleveland move back in the draft in order to do that and uh there was another report that said the Broncos have talked with the Browns about moving up 10 that that that's a spot right there and then of course 8 would be trading with your Arizona Cardinals
0: yeah um this is uh this is interesting stuff here and do I get to take a little bit of credit since that was the exact trade I put into the round table last week was trade up to 10 with the Browns, get yourself Jerry Judy. If that happens, I'm uh I'm just going to tip my cap and uh say I'm the new Woody Page, but <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, this is not to be um probably overlooked, not to be thrown away. Now, I think it's important to remember here, you know, I was talking with some some of the um uh, the DNVR family in the lounge about this, and they said essentially, like you know, don't get my hopes up, RK. Like, don't get, and I'm, and I was like, whoa, 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 just relax. You know, like this could very well be what they want to do, but when you're sitting at 15, you don't get to exactly dictate what's going to happen. So, is there a chance that you know whoever's picking at seven picks? jerry judy or someone trades up above you or you can't get the deal done because someone's willing to pay more yes all of those things are true
1: What I don't like is there's so much built around this now, not just with Woody coming out and saying it, but with these other things last week, you know, uh, Mace was very, very clear in saying that the reports last week were just smoke screens. He wasn't listening to them at all. I'd be curious to what, to what he thinks now about this, but now there's a lot out there and it was mentioned last week in one of the reports with the Broncos jumping to 10, that they would be jumping two teams that, really want a receiver, that, that potentially really want a receiver, and that's the Jets, and that's the Oakland Raiders. Well, now if the Raiders and Jets aren't thinking that that's a smokescreen anymore, maybe they're moving to nine if they think the Broncos are moving to ten. Maybe they're moving to eight. Maybe they're offering the Cardinals the exact same deal that the Broncos are, except the Cardinals only have to go back to 12 with the Raiders instead of 15 with the Broncos. Or maybe one of those teams says, Jerry, Judy, we love him. We're going to seven and that should land us jerry judy
0: yeah i guess the hope here would be that the broncos know that one of those teams aren't looking at jerry judy and they think okay we just have to make sure we outbid this team because if you thought none of the teams wanted jerry judy well then you just stay put so there's obviously a reason you feel the need to go up but maybe it's because you know you think that the raiders want jerry judy zero we got to get above the raiders and you're talking with the Browns or whatever, you know, don't do a deal with the Raiders. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll, whatever they offer, we'll one up it or whatever it is. Um, But you know that the other, te- you know, you're not competing with two teams. I don't know. It is interesting. I mean, it does have all of the characteristics of a smoke screen, you know, to be fair. It's one of those things. that's probably a little bit too much out there. And, and fans always ask, why would they ever let any of this information leak, you know, and that's something they try to do to discredit reporters who are trying to do their jobs, you know, saying, you know, do you like, does anyone have a brain here? Why would the Broncos ever let this leak? The truth is it's somewhere in between. Sometimes they leak things on purpose. Sometimes they just have big mouths. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. It just happens. Um, so it'll be interesting. I hope it's right. You know, it's one of those things that's easier to believe it's true and it's information that you like. Um,
1: right
0: you know like my mom always believed me when I was lying to her because she wanted to believe <laughs> that I didn't hide that alcohol under the cabinet or whatever you know
1: you wouldn't lie to her Brian <laughs> uh
0: we never did track our lying score
1: no we didn't we didn't <laughs>
0: it's hard it's harder to do than I thought uh, not not to not lie but just to keep track of all everything it, you said of co- whoa, over the wait. course of a week
1: it's easy for me when you don't lie, Ryan. What are you saying? It's hard, just, it's hard to I keep don't... track of all your lies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just—I I forgot that I was doing that. So <laughs> that doesn't—that
1: yeah, feels a like that's not whatever. a lie. Yeah, yeah, that's not a lie. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, yeah. I have a—I have a question for you. Let's say this is the Broncos' plan, and let's say they do in fact have a trade in place right now with the Cleveland Browns, but they just want to make sure, they don't want to pull the trigger on the deal right now in case Jerry Judy does go at nine overall. But they have a deal, let's say it's a third and a fifth round pick, which I would think that would be fantastic. You as well? Oh, yeah. So let's say that deal is in place with the Browns to move up to 10 to get Jerry Judy. You and I, like we said, absolutely love it. What happens if Jerry Judy goes off the board at nine, whether it's to the Jags, whether it's because the Raiders hop you, do you still do that trade with the browns uh or did, does is everything off the table now you're pulling that offer back you're sitting till fifteen?
0: Well, this is where it gets interesting, Zach and I talked about this last week, and I think this is the number one thing that we we and draft Twitter specifically gets wrong is I think teams are more picky than we are, and when I say that, you know you and me we like Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, and CeeDee Lamb, right? Yep. For me, I'm like, give me any of the three, and I'll be, you know, bouncing off the walls. I don't think teams are like that. And I think they very obviously select favorites at these positions. And, you know, something that people don't realize is for us, and there's a psychological thing going on here, but – We are trying to look for reasons to like these guys, you know. Um, I'm always looking for reasons to like a player. I'll even sometimes say, hey, I'm going to sit down and watch some Denzel Mims tape this weekend. And my goal is to come away liking Denzel Mims. You know, I want to like these guys. Uh, I want to find the reasons why they're going to be good. That is the exact opposite of what the NFL does. These teams watch these guys, and they want to find a reason to hate them. They want to find a reason to say we're not taking this guy, and that I think is something that is for us. It's just human nature. One of the reasons is we might end up having to cover these guys. So we, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to end up hating hating on some guy all during the whole process. If you know, especially if the Broncos are going to take him, especially if he's going to end up being good one day. You know, the truth is a lot of these guys have really high ceilings. I want to see why their ceiling is high and come to a conclusion of, okay, I can see why the team would take him because of X, Y, and Z. Hopefully that pans out. I'm a little worried about this, that, and the other thing. But in the end, I want to find a reason to like him. And it's the exact opposite of what the NFL is doing. They're trying to find reasons not to like these guys to move them down their board. So this is all one very, very long answer to your question of, the Broncos might only think Jerry Judy is an, a wide receiver one or a, a dominant wide receiver one in their offense out of this group. And so if he's off the board at nine, they might tell the the, uh, the Browns, call it off. Because they, they aren't thinking like you and I, which is like, okay, we'll just trade up to ten and get rugs at ten or lamb at ten. They they might not be thinking that way. So I have a feeling usually these teams structure these deals around one player. If he's there Let's do the deal, make the trade, let's go. If he's not, then we're going to sit tight.
1: Yep, if it's me, I'm making the deal no matter what, because one of those three wide receivers is there. Just like you said, Ryan, I don't think the Broncos will, and I think this is really when that deep wide receiver class that Vic Fangio talked about at the Combine. He said this is not a smokescreen, quote-unquote, deep class. He said this is truly – a deep class and Ryan we know that they like some guys later in the draft and I think that's when they would say okay you know what we were in love with Jerry Judy and we are willing to do a lot to get him we like Henry Ruggs we, we like CD Lamb uh, we like other guys in the draft let's see if one of those guys falls to 15 if, if one of the top two guys outside of Judy falls to us great if not We'll take an offensive tackle, we'll take Javon Kinlaw, and then we'll take a wide receiver in the second round because the Broncos truly believe they can get a starter in the second round.
0: It is wild to me how how Jerry Judy is sliding down boards. Now, this is one of those things where I never know whether to believe this is actually what's happening in the NFL or if you know those of us who talk about the draft are just bored of talking about the same thing. So we just change our change things to <laughs> and I'm not necessarily talking about you and me, but you know, the draft Twitter people start just changing things up because you can't just say the whole time that he's wide receiver one and, you know, you have to draw up interest and and you have to draw up conversation. So I never know, or if that's something that's truly happening in NFL circles. Remember, when the draft process started, Jerry Judy was pretty much consensus wide receiver one, uh, a lock to go in the top 10, that sort of thing. Well, no games have been played. The only thing that happened is he went and had a very good combine, uh, and all of a sudden now he's potentially sliding. Like I said, whenever I do those uh, Dream Network mock drafts, he's there every time at 15, every single time. Uh, So I don't know what's happening. I certainly, certainly hope that teams are overthinking this and that Jerry Judy ends up becoming a Denver Bronco because everyone – well, look back one day and say, what the heck were we thinking?
1: Yep, I completely agree with you because he's he's my wide receiver one and it is very, very easy. And if somehow you land that in, in the first round at 15 or if you give up a third round pick, boom, that is huge right there. Then the rest of your draft is wide open. You can still take another receiver. Uh, well, what if LaVisca does fall to the third round or you have to trade up early in the third round and you get Jerry Judy? and LaVisca and then let's say you use your second round pick on uh, either an offensive tackle or BPA you get a dominant defensive lineman Uh, you get the best player that falls oh my gosh you've got to be kidding me how incredible would that be Uh,
0: just amazing now let me ask you something Zach because this is another thing that came out this weekend and it specifically pertains to Jerry Judy Wunderlich scores what do you make of him? Because the truth is, Jerry Judy, I think Jerry Judy scored a nine, according to reports. That's not good. Does it matter to you?
1: That's not good. And it's really not good if you're a quarterback. And, and there's a few other positions. Maybe offensive tackle is one that you don't want to see a low score with. Garrett Bowles, uh, most notably, did get a low score on the Wonder test. But Paxton wide- Lynch didn't have a great score. Hey, exactly. At wide receiver, it's not the biggest deal, uh, but it, it, to me, it is something that raises a little bit of concern. But what eases my concern completely is he was with Nick Saban. Nick Saban's only had great things to say about him. He was at Alabama and was an absolute stud, had no problem, seemingly no problem picking up the offense. So that, that is something where if I'm the Broncos and I see that come out this weekend or they, they've had that information for a few weeks now, I am checking in uh, at the wide receivers coach in Alabama, the offensive coordinator, Sarkisian and and, uh, Saban, and just making sure that they didn't have to transform the offense for Jerry Judy. But from everything I've heard about him, he he passes. So that Wonderlook score doesn't bother me.
0: Yeah. You know, again, this is one of those things where everyone's view on it is just way too black and white. You know, you've got some people saying it matters. Some people saying it doesn't matter at all. And in the end, it's just like a 40 time. It just fits into the bigger picture. You have to use it as you're compiling information to see if you're finding any trends that are concerning. And so if you find a guy who ran a 4.3 and is blazing speed, but for some reason his production is really low and, and you're saying, okay, well, what's going on here? And then you, you, know, you watch his tape and you say, man, this guy – is not really running the whole route tree they're just trying to get the ball in his hands and he goes "Huh, that's interesting they weren't able to get it to him that much and then you say oh wow and he scored a really low wonderlick score you can start putting together a narrative right you're saying hmm I think there might be something here I don't know if he was able to learn the entire playbook that's why his production was down He wasn't running the full route tree because he wasn't understanding the full playbook. They just knew he was really fast, so they tried to get him the You're building steps. You're taking information. You're you're cross-comparing it to each other and saying, okay, uh, now I'm seeing a little bit of a concerning trend here. With Jerry Judy, I think it stops pretty quickly. You say, okay, this guy, tons of production, got the combine results, uh, runs the full route tree, is on the field all the time, gets the ball in tons of different ways, uh-oh, Wonderlick score is low. There's nothing else to point to here where you're saying, okay, well, that Wonderlick score being low might explain why this is happening. No. To me, as soon as you see that he runs the full route tree, none of the rest of it really matters to you because this means he's getting the ball in a myriad of different ways, which means he knows all the plays. You know, like, a lot of times, it's not only just that a guy can't run the routes it's that he does he doesn't have a full scope of the playbook so you know that you got to tell this guy hey it's a deep post you know or it's just a fly route just run straight it's not always that they can't run those routes so they just have a hard time picking up the entirety of the playbook well judy he i mean he touched the ball on just about every offensive pass play they have out there so to me this is not a concern um the truth is we talked about this going all the way back to his interview at the combine. He said, eh, <laughs> doesn't seem like the most interesting man in the world. Uh, <laughs> seems like a guy who likes to play football and that's yep. his thing. And sometimes that can be okay. So long as it doesn't com- combine with, 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 you know, a, a myriad of other things that are making you scratch your head. Truth is I get the feeling that Jerry Judy just, Really loves football and that's the way that and that's what he applies himself. Like I said, he runs the full tree. I, I'm not worried about him picking up an offense because all he's gotta know, especially in the Broncos offense, you know, we, we, we hem and haw about these long play calls. Truth is, that play call every time tells Jerry Judy exactly what to do, and he goes and does it.
1: Yep, and with these Alabama guys, there, there are some concerns from from some people about both of them. With Jerry Judy, it's that Wonderlick score. Well, we both just debunked why, at least for us, that's not an issue at all. And with Henry Ruggs, people say, well, what if he's the next John Ross? Well, yeah, Henry Ruggs is extremely fast, but Henry Ruggs isn't John Ross. John Ross ran one route in college pretty much henry henry rugs runs a full route tree so right there that eliminates the concern No, maybe these guys end up being disappointments in the nfl but i just i just think it'll be for different reasons and with judy specifically i think his bust his floor is higher than anyone else's in the draft
0: completely agree not worried about any of this this you know stuff that's coming out late here and if it pushes him down someone else's board Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, you know, enjoy your Harvard graduate. <laughs> we'll take Jerry Judy and go to work. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, when do you think this trade, do you think this is a trade that waits all the way until the ninth pick is off the board?
1: Yep. I do. I do. And John always had experience with this with the bills. When the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb, he had a trade lined up in place to move back he nixed it right after the fourth pick came in. I think that's what will happen this time.
0: Great stuff. We will uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that's exactly what happens uh, because the truth is if the Broncos get Jerry Judy in the first round, uh, I'm ready to say that they're a, a playoff contender. They're, they're ready to go, ready to play. You know, I think that Jerry Judy, it, in, depending on his usage – could be a 1,000-yard receiver as a rookie.
1: So. Right away. And that, that's incredible for a rookie-wide receiver to do because they typically struggle. But, Ryan, I'd be right there with you.
0: Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. All right, well, quick shout-out to Strawberry Sky and Breckeridge Brewery for providing us. I know in the, in the lounge, people are already talking about how they are stocking up on their Breck Brews to watch draft day live our live draft coverage wire to wire Thursday and Friday live on Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, live, YouTube, anywhere where you can stream, we will be live. Uh, We're doing our first rehearsal today. We're making this a a, a very big deal internally. So we hope you guys uh, are able to see what, what we're, what we can do when we all point our sales in the same direction. We're really excited about this and what you can do is get some Breck brews uh, head down to your local liquor store. Maybe it's Davidson's uh, pick up some Breck brews, or maybe you just want Breck to deliver it right to your door. You can call them at 303-803-1380 or visit them online. You'll get $5 off when you use the code DNBR online and uh, get yourself some Breck brews. Cheers it to us virtually while we're, uh, while we're getting our draft coverage started up uh, Breck brew, They'll get you right for the draft day.
1: And what else you need to stock up on is Manscape, because guys, you don't want any worries this week. You want to plop yourself in front of the couch or wherever your computer is, wherever you're going to be watching us. You just you want no worries on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then of course Saturday night comes around and I'm sure. Your significant other wants no worries either. So make sure to check out Manscaped. Get that lawnmower 3.0, which comes with a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet technology and an LED light. Guys, yes, all of that in. A razor that is what manscape is about is making the absolute best knock your socks off products and may i recommend that the perfect package 3.0 which comes with the lawnmower 3.0 it comes with the crop preserver it comes with the crop reviver it comes with the perfect package for everything that you need for the family joe so check them out when you do use that code dnvr20 for 20 percent off your entire purchase plus free shipping guys this is the week manscape dnvr 20
0: heck yeah man all right let's jump into the questions from the listeners here and the first one comes in from sir james radio he says happy draft week boys i'm so ready for elway and company to make some moves as smooth as a freshly manscaped undercarriage (laughs) now let's start this week uh with day eight of the jersey challenge today we finish off the nfc west with the los angeles rams I'm going for a throwback white Aaron Donald jersey with the gold sleeves. The main reason I chose Donald is due to the fact that I'm physically afraid to offend him at the notion of entertaining to choose someone over him. Also, I'm not sure uh, there's enough Breck Brews in the world that would make the Rams' new logo ever look good. It actually makes the Bucks' digital clock jerseys look reasonable.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a, uh, like a comb over there. Mm, the Rams, I'm not picking uh, Aaron Donald because I'm afraid of him. I'm picking him because he's one of the best players in the NFL, if not the best player in the NFL. Uh, so easy for me, Donald.
0: Yeah, he's got a good number, too, which always helps play a role in the jersey selection process. It's hard to go against him. Trying to think if I could just for the fun of it. I mean, maybe Jalen Ramsey, but he's kind of annoying mm. in, in the way that he goes about <laughs> everything. So, you,
1: you're telling me you're not getting a Jared Goff jersey?
0: No, not in a million years. <laughs> I got Jared Goff in the DNVR fantasy or the DNVR uh, Madden league in the, the random draft, and I traded him as fast as I possibly could.
1: <laughs> and who was your quarterback?
0: now my quarterback is cam
1: okay yeah oh and madden that is so easy yeah uh true? by the
0: way two game winning streak wow
1: what are you doing you're you're ruining the tank
0: you know what my team needed some momentum going into next season we're on the drew lock plan
1: so that what two and ten
0: uh, two and ten right now. Yep, we're going for six and ten. I think we can pull it off. No, oh,
1: no, Ryan, don't do that. But two and fourteen will be good.
0: Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs>
1: Next one coming in from Oklahoma Bronco 58. I was listening to yesterday's pod and you guys know me. I have to defend my guy CD. As a Sooners fan, you can't look at the Peach Bowl stat line from CD without acknowledging the fact that Jalen Hurts was complete poo-poo. He was horrible that game and was missing open guys and was way too quick to tuck and run when he started feeling the pressure. CD couldn't leave that mark on a game because he wasn't given the opportunity to. This is also a testament to Derek Stingley. After the game, CD came out and said he was the best corner he had ever faced in his entire college career. C D will be a great NFL receiver, and if we get lucky enough to draft him, I will be the first in line for his jersey.
0: Ah, uh, you lost me until you started talking about some guy named Derek Stingley locking him up, and then him admitting it <laughs> later. He got stung by
1: Stingley, <laughs> uh, and Ryan doesn't uh, look past those stings that easy.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's again. I like CD. I'm just giving you one reason why he's – I I really like CD. That's why he's below the other guys uh, on my board. I think, you know, slowly but surely, I'm actually probably getting to a place where CD is my number two um, ahead of Ruggs. But it is neck and neck there. I like them both. I think think all three of these guys, I think we're going to look back and say, oh, man, remember the 2020 draft. You know, of course, that was the online draft. We all remember it for that. But that was also the year that three absolute gems went in the first round at wide receiver. And now they're just dominating the league up and down. So, uh, like all three, I really do like CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to be fantastic in the NFL. I was, that was just the one, one of the reasons why he's just a little bit lower than Jerry Judy on my board.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, we're, we're all saying he's a great first-round pick, so no, no big disrespect. Yeah, exactly.
0: From fast slow, loris.
1: I think so. I think you got it.
0: All right. Hey, gang, LA Kings goalie Cal Peterson has weighed in on the great cereal debate. I go get the bowl, I put in the spoon, throw in the milk, throw in the cereal, throw a straw in, drink the milk, then eat the cereal with a spoon that's a little bit soggy. Milk before cereal. These are clearly the ravings of a lunatic, am I right?
1: Or yes. just someone that, that doesn't enjoy it. The the whole point of drinking the milk is after it absorbs the flavors and the flavors melt into the milk. Why don't why don't you just eat the cereal dry and drink a glass of milk on the side if you're just gonna suck down this cereal milk right away?
0: Yeah, I mean it's the whole process is messed up and he's missing <laughs> out on the the best parts. Okay, first of all. If you put milk in first, you're just asking to spill milk. The little, you know, the asteroids are coming out of the cereal boxes, you know, hitting the lake there, and there's splash going everywhere. So first of all, you're just not doing that in an efficient and clean way unless you want to get a paper towel out afterwards. And then, like you said, you know, you're you're waiting until that cinnamon toast crunch has just absolutely taken over the milk with a cinnamon sugar flavor
1: i mean yeah what 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 are you doing it it's backwards in in every single way so i'm just happy that he's on the kings and not the Avs. next one from mark it snatch hey guys first round quarterbacks have a rather diverse history you have that jamarcus russell case overhyped and complete bust the flash in the pans that hit hard but disappear all out RG3, the rock solid guys that get you through several years but die off shy of a decade. Andrew Luck or Cam Newton, for example. And then there's the franchise guys: Matt Stafford, Peyton Manning. I go the... with
0: Matt Stafford
1: first. <laughs> yeah. then Peyton second. Most of the 2004 quarterback draft class of the top four quarterbacks in this draft. Who is which type and bonus? Who's the late rounder that comes off the bench to become the long-term starter?
0: Wow. Okay. So if we have to classify someone in each category, so there's four, he gave four categories, right? Yep. So go four quarterbacks from this draft, one in each category.
1: I'm going uh, Jordan Love in the Paxton Lynch kind of role, DeMarcus Russell. Just
0: complete bust. Yeah. Never contributes
1: yeah i mean and i don't fully believe i think he's gonna be a little better than that but if i have to put them it categorize them that
0: um the flash in the pan that hits hard and disappears i don't know if this draft i'll just for the fun of it say joe burrow oh
1: that would be fun (laughs)
0: um the the rock solid guy that gets you through several years a bit shy of a decade and then dies off I think might be Tua.
1: Oh, I hope not.
0: And then the franchise guy. I don't know if there is one. I'm not going to give it to Justin Herbert. I I was going to maybe put him. Oh, I guess I'll put – Herbert might be my bust guy. I don't know. If there's any one that – I'll just say this. If I had to put money on one of these guys to be the franchise guy, my
1: money's going on Tua. Yeah, my money. I'm I'm picking two for that as well. Does Jalen Hurts either fall in the late round guy that, that exceeds, or does he maybe fall in the uh, he's a hit for a couple of years and then kind of uh, fades out?
0: I don't know. I just hope some team that gets him knows how to use him. Um, there is a chance that he could become a franchise quarterback in the NFL, and honestly, it's, in my opinion, maybe even better than a Jordan Love's chance, but to me, if you want to get the most out of him, you just put you 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 already have an offense that's good. You use him in a Taysom Hill style role, and you go to work, you know. We watched Tebow the other day, and I'm just like, This man could have made so much money being a gadget in the NFL. And these guys who have been the star their whole life have a really hard time accepting that and I understand that I understand why you know you you're, you've you been dominating every level of competition you want to be able to show that you're that guy at this level of competition but I just I just think financially like if you're able to stick around as a guy who gets the ball in the end zone one way or another you're going to make plenty of money Taysom Hill is never going to regret that he you know wasn't the starting quarterback in new Orleans, as long as they keep sending him checks.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. I completely agree.
0: So, uh, I don't know if we're going to get all four of those categorizations there, but I will say I can kind of see the two of being the guy who eventually tapers off. But again, if I had to choose one guy to be my franchise quarterback, I'd probably choose him. Burrow. I, I, I really like a lot of things about Burrow except for just this vibe. I don't, I can't explain it there's just a little bit of a vibe about him that I just don't know if it, if it translates.
1: It feels like that vibe plus Cincinnati plus the Bengals and where they could be, could just be an absolute train wreck.
0: Right. You know, if that vibe ends up in the right place, a la new England. Yeah. Well then, you know, he gets whipped into shape and figures it out, but I can just see this, this cocky guy. Showing up in Cincinnati and getting his teeth kicked in, and not knowing how to respond.
1: Yep, I totally agree. Man, it's going to be interesting with him. Next, and I'm not, I'm coming I'm not
0: necessarily predict, predicting that. I'm just saying as I'm looking through this and saying, is there bust potential? Yes, I think there is.
1: Maybe he, maybe he's actually my. He has a few years and then kind of fizzles out. And maybe it's not exactly 2020 when he has those couple of years, but maybe 2021. And then the fizzle comes because he, I mean, the talent is very clear with him.
0: I honestly hope it works out because I liked Zach Taylor during that coaching, tr- or that coaching <laughs> carousel. So he ends up making Zach Taylor look good. It in turn makes me look good and
1: it, I'll take it. And, and I like Zach Taylor because he makes me look good because he spells his name correct.
0: Ah, And this, it, it, this is how I feel about Dwayne Haskins. This is how I feel about Zach Taylor. The second Zach Taylor went to Cincinnati, I'm like, oh, this is going to end in flames. The second Dwayne Haskins went to the Redskins, I'm like, well, that's going to make me look bad one day because he's going to be, but you know, like <laughs> right. so much of this. And that's another thing that I think draft, you know, this draft discussion misses is at least at the very least, 50% of this is about the situation. Without you know, a doubt. You can be a really talented guy and end up in the wrong situation and get your career off on the wrong foot. And. In the NFL, it's very hard to catch up once, you've, once you're off to a bad start.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. Very good point.
0: All right, from a Broncos fan named Denver. All right, guys, you can officially say it. We got we him. We got him. I've been freeloading for just over a year and decided it was time to pay my dues and get a year subscription. Sorry for the long comment, but it's my intro comment, so I'm going to abuse it. First off, I will explain my name. Yes, my real birth given name is Denver. So I've become a diehard Broncos fan since the moment I took my first breath. Most people assume that my, da- my father is who named me because he's also a Bronco diehard. But no, actually my parents were going to name me Carrie. A night or two before I was born, my mom had nightmares of me getting made fun of in school. She said they were repeatedly calling me Carrie the Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> so when she was in labor she asked my dad what he thought about the name Denver and well the rest is history born and raised in Layton, Utah and then moved to South Dakota when I was 16 so people in either state feel free to hit me up thanks RK Mason Zach you guys make the 12 to 25 hour days of driving a truck loading trains and running farm equipment way more enjoyable I work in agriculture so the pandemic has not affected much in my life I live in a town of 47 people we're pretty much quarantined all the time. Uh, have a good day, everyone, and stay safe. Counting the days down to the draft.
1: Well, happy draft week, Denver. Oh, What, what a cool story. Thanks for introducing yourself. And, man, a, a Broncos fan named Denver is quite an awesome story right there.
0: It really is. It really is pretty cool.
1: Next one coming in from Aquaman. Haven't posted in a while, but want to thank you for putting out great and entertaining pods and for keeping them under three hours during this tough time. Wanted to get another draft question before the big day. While a secondary need pun totally intended intended. I'm quite worried about the cornerback room at best. We have two starting caliber cornerbacks, but I obviously am worried about Callahan's health and I'm certain about about how good Bosby actually, or and not certain about how good Bosby actually is. One, where do we think we take a cornerback in the draft? Two, how do you feel about Denver's current top three cornerbacks who will be playing a lot? Three, for Mr. B. Four, how do you feel about our current depth at cornerback? I feel all right, two, Ryan, all cornerback.
0: I feel two and four are very similar questions. Um, where do you think we take a cornerback in the draft? I will say sometime Mm, no i won't i'm gonna say on day three is when they first bite on corner
1: i hope you're right i think it's gonna be either day two or day one i i don't want to think about even think about the day one but almost in kind of a worst case scenario they end up going cj henderson at 15 or even trading back to 20 and and taking him there i don't want that to happen but I wouldn't be shocked because John always done it before. He had a keep to leave and Chris Harris jr. And then drafted Bradley Roby as well. And John has just proven that he can never have enough cornerbacks. Um, But as much as I also don't want to say it day, third round, third round cornerback is coming your way.
0: If they keep all three third round picks, I could definitely see that happening. I just don't expect them to do that. And once that starts changing, then my chances of going corner there goes down. (sighs) Here's what I'll say. I think Vic Fangio is slowly but surely making it clear that he doesn't necessarily need straight-up lockdown, man-to-man type corners. And because of that, I feel pretty comfortable with what the Broncos have. Now, you can't feel totally comfortable with Bryce Callahan until he's out on the field. But if Bryce Callahan is playing, I'm comfortable with him. So I do think you need to add to the room Prince of Mucamara still out there. And I'm fine with just going there and forgetting about corner in the draft entirely. Um, But I think that, you know, a fourth round pick makes sense. And real quick on CJ Henderson, who we have not talked about at all. I don't necessarily not like CJ Henderson, but to me there is a very, very clear top 15 in this draft and then a huge drop off between that, and I'm only putting Justin Herbert in my top fifteen because I think he's going there. He's not in my personal top fifteen, but when I look at the players who are gonna who are available, I see fifteen guys who are gonna go, who should go, in that top fifteen, and then I see just, just a, a a big gap, and then there's a bunch of other players. And C.J. Henderson's probably at the the very top of that second tier for me. Uh, right along with guys like Chason, uh, I really like, uh, you know, the running backs in J.K. Dobbins, uh, De- uh, DeAndre Swift, and I even really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even though he's probably another uh, tier down, but I just think there's this big gap there, and so, while I don't think, I'm not necessarily saying C.J. Henderson can't play in the NFL, I just, I don't want a second-tier guy in the top 15.
1: Yeah, and, and here's, here's the thing. Vic Fangio is supposed to be a defensive mastermind. So John gave the defense that. John also has the most money allocated on defense than any other team in the league. So, yeah, cornerback is something that that needs to be or that that should be addressed because it's not where I want it to be. It's probably not where John or Vic wants it to be. But the offense needs a lot of help, too. And you could make a very similar argument for defensive line that you would for cornerback as well. Um, So, yes, there are holes there. It's just not a pressing one in my mind.
0: Totally. From Graham Johnson. Hey, guys, love the pod. First time commenting. On the subject of DT coming back here, I was thinking of where he would play. Not a starter, so not outside. Maybe the slot. He could do that, but it's not a great fit. Then I thought, forget DT. Let's get a true slot receiver. Wait for it. Julian freaking Edelman. Think about it. Edelman is, is not as valuable to the Patriots without Tom. And Bill is in rebuild mode, so you know he needs draft capital. Julian is slowing down, but he's still a baller and still one of the best slot players in the game. He would be a great outlet for Drew in a third-down machine. Best of all, he's on a ridiculously team-friendly contract. I think he has base salaries of three and two, uh, $3 million of the dirt across the next two years. I'd be willing to go no higher than two-thirds for him. That would still allow you to get a stud receiver at one, a center in the second, and a corner in the third. Uh-oh. What do you guys think?
1: Hey, you know I love this because this is what I talked about. Ryan, we already talked about your trade scenario earlier in this draft. My trade scenario for the Broncos was ship a fourth out to New England to get Julian Edelman. So I love everything about this. Like you said, the team-friendly contract, uh, the, the uh, experienced veteran in that room a winner and you get a guy that still produces even when tom brady had a bad year last year uh he still caught a hundred passes
0: is there any chatter outside of this podcast about julian edelman being available
1: not that i've heard but okay. it, ju- it just may- it sounds like a-, a bill belichick type of move
0: the question is like what is their goal if their goal is to rebuild then yeah go for it if their goal is to keep winning, then they need him because he's a bad quarterback's best friend, too, not just good quarterback's best friend.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, I mean, Jameis is still out there. If they're trying to win, how do they not lock him up?
0: Uh, Triad Bronco here chimes in, and he's just reaching out to Larry Dunn Jr. and says, hey, in regards to your comment on the last pod, here's my email. Hit me up. So LDJ, you can go find him in the comment section. Make sure you highlight Uh, the area where it looks like his his uh, email is missing because for some reason links show up in white on our back end I don't know why
1: that happens but uh, hit him up yeah it's an awesome triad bronco next one from denveria hey guys great pod as always appreciate it in these crazy times football question what happens to teams violating the salary cap thanks triple d well
0: they can be penalized in a variety of different ways depending on what type of salary crime they've committed you know uh, they could have draft picks taken away that sort of stuff
1: exactly or yeah fines draft picks yeah Exactly. Next one from Mountain Drew, question about wonderlick scores. How much do teams really care? And do you guys believe some prospects don't really try? Jerry Judy, who everyone agrees is an exceptional talent, scored a nine, which is considered illiterate. The I last don't think Bronco. So. <laughs> the last Bronco who scored a nine was Garrett Bowles, Yikes. And for the record, my wife has learning disabilities, and I have a child with special needs, so no judgment here. I'm not the brightest guy either, but should we be concerned if Judy is on the board at 15?
0: Uh, Wherever you saw that a nine is considered illiterate, I think (laughs) was incorrect. I think
1: a zero would be maybe illiterate.
0: Right, like zero (laughs) means you illiterate means you cannot read or write. Right. So how did you get a nine if you couldn't read the questions? (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's yeah, it's certainly not considered you know uh, a genius. But as we talked about earlier, it's all about a a building of an entire portfolio of who a guy is based off of the information that you have. So if you see that Wonderlook score and there's other issues that are um, combining with it, well, then you're worried. As we talked about earlier, you don't have to be too worried about Jerry Judy.
1: Exactly. Jared Fry says, I have to hop in on this Broncos Raiders game debate. I had a hundred dollar bet with a coworker that is a Raiders fan on which team had the better record at the end of the year. I was ready to pay up midseason, but I said, hold on. The man, the myth, the legend, Drew Locke coming in. Drew saved me from paying a hundred dollars, but since they ended with the same record and same record against each other, no one paid. So thank you, Shelby Harris, and especially Drew Locke
0: apparently Drew Locke saved a lot of people some money. My question, Jared <laughs> Fry, is if, if you could – just think of it this way. John Elway calls you up, and he said, hey, we're trying to make this deal with the Browns for 10. They want a third and a fifth round pick or $100 out of your wallet. Which one – will you help us out here? I think Jared Fry would say, John, I got you. I'm bending over the 100 right now. Let's go get Jerry Judy.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah he's Definitely. taking the deal
0: he's taking the hundred dollars <laughs> to save the broncos two picks
1: without a doubt
0: <laughs> uh love thunder down under why is mace so good at dad jokes because even his name is corny you're welcome nice andrew, andrew mace?
1: M- mason mason uh, mm, uh is mace like maze like Maze? maize, ah, I think that's where <laughs> it is. Like maize
0: is yep. the color of corn.
1: That that kind of falls and, under and a dad. Also,
0: uh, in Spanish, uh, I believe corn is spelled like maize.
1: Maize, yeah, that falls under a dad joke where it kind of takes you a minute to fully get it.
0: Well, it's funny because there's someone in our company who, when we were working on hiring Mace, always called him maize. and it drove me and Brandon absolutely crazy because it's very clearly Mason you take off the o-n and you get mace (laughs) (laughs) yeah but maybe love thunder down under who of course is from Australia with his accent it sounds more like maze
1: (laughs) oh right exactly D Dub says, RK, in case you hadn't heard yet, Strawberry Sky now comes in 15 packs. Not everything is terrible in the world right now. Stoked for the draft coverage through DNVR this year. I'll definitely be tuned in.
0: Hold on here. Are we saying that the 15 can sampler pack now includes Strawberry Sky? Because I knew that. But if you're saying that you could buy 15 Strawberry Skies all at once, well, I need to know where I can do this.
1: <laughs> I mean, nothing sounds more delicious.
0: That, that's what are, you
1: need. You need a couple of those for uh, for the weekend with the draft this week.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, weekend starts on Thursday this week, by the way. Um, I saw they have Tall Boy Strawberry Skies now, which I definitely got to stock up on those.
1: Oh, man, that sounds so good. And it's a Monday.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, we got a long one here coming in from The Other Ryan. Greetings, fellas. After listening to the DNVR Broncos podcast now for several months, I finally took the leap of faith. And decided to stop being a freeloader by purchasing an annual DNVR membership. We got him. Got him. I'm excited to be officially a part of the DNVR community and pleased to be a supporter. I've always enjoyed reading Andrew Mason's work dating back to his first date with the Broncos, interacting with him on Twitter and other mediums, and listening to him on the radio and podcasts over the years. One of my most cherished memories was being able to sit down with Mason before the 2017 season opener against the Chargers for a half hour or longer discussion about the Broncos, Buccaneers, football, sports, and other topics. To this day, I appreciate Mace for taking the time to chat uh, prior to that primetime game when he had plenty of important duties to attend that evening. I was elated when Mace joined RK and Zach on DNVR. Well, that's awesome. And and stories like that are why we wanted Mace to be a part of this community. He goes on and says, I'm stoked that draft week is finally upon us with a much-needed diversion. With the uncertainty surrounding this year's event, It's sure to be one of, if not the most memorable draft ever. I'm grateful to each one of you for your talents and the Broncos coverage and analysis, as well as the environment you've created for informative, insightful conversation each weekday, especially in this crisis that we have been enduring uh, and will need to continue to endure. I have no questions for today's podcast, but leave you each with my appreciation and a favorite quote penned by Edwin Markham. There is a destiny which makes us brothers. None goes his way alone. All that we send into the lives of others comes back into our own. Go DNVR and go Broncos. Well, Hell of great, a
1: quote. yeah, great, great quote, great uh, introduction. The other Ryan, we're so happy to have you on board with us, and you kind of hit it—that that, all of what you said is what the DNVR community is all about. And we're so happy uh, that you're rolling with us.
0: Man, I'm obsessed with that quote.
1: Yeah, that's a I really, really good it. one. Denveria, sorry about the double post, but I just finished Mace's look or Mace's book and loved every second of it. I can only recommend it. My biggest surprise: the phrase "How much money does the contract guarantee?" was not mentioned once. Quite a difference to the pod. Thanks, Mace. Are you planning on writing another, or maybe an audio book with Zach? Ooh, maybe I need to team up with Mace for that one. Um, I know Mace isn't here, but uh, yes, I believe there is uh, at least one more book in the works for Mace.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Electricians need to strip to make ends meet. I'll see myself out. Mm, <laughs> that's a that's a good one right there.
0: <laughs> Let me get the next one here. Uh, from TCU Bronco. Hey, y'all, been loving the off-season coverage. Work has kept me away for the last two weeks, so I've been trying to catch up on the pods. That said, I have a couple of quick hit- hitters. One, how do I tune into the live drafts coverage y'all are doing? So, I mean, there's a myriad of different ways you can do this. Um, If if you're on Twitter, the easiest way will probably be to just find our stream. Um, One cool thing that Twitter does, and one of the main reasons why we've gotten more into the live streaming game, is because when you log on to Twitter on your phone, you should see at the very top a list of people that you follow that are live. So if you follow DNVR Sports on Twitter – you'll see them there. If not, you can just go search DNVR Sports or any of our accounts because we'll be tweeting it out and whatnot. Um, if you're not on Twitter, well, you could go to directly to Periscope, to DNVR Sports if you want. You could go to Twitch for DNVR Sports. There's um, ways to comment and chat and interact on all these. You could watch us on Facebook Live or you could even catch us on YouTube. So the amount of different ways you can find us, if you are on the internet, you can find us. Um, And I think the easiest one will be to go to Twitter since the link will be just be right there in front of you. And like I said, at the top of your feed, but lots of different ways. I think, you know, with the length of the stream, it would be really cool for those of you with, you know, uh, computers with HDMI, pull up the stream on your computer, HDMI that baby right into your TV. And, you know, we'll be hanging out there with you in your living room.
1: Oh, it's just like injecting it straight into the veins.
0: Yes. (laughs) Two, he says, is there a military discount on t-shirts? I love the pod too much for a free membership and I plan to re up with the lifetime option. Once this expires. Uh, I, not that I know of, but it's it's something that we should definitely think of. Obviously, you know that we do free um, lifetime subscriptions for military discounts. So, uh, or for uh, active duty and veterans. So if anyone is into that, then of course we love to take care of those of you who have served our country. Uh, But not yet on t-shirts he goes on and says more of a fun question if you had to choose between Hawkinson and Fant which would you go with did Denver get lucky in hindsight that Fant was the second Iowa tight end taken
1: Ooh, right now I mean Fant ended the year way better in fact didn't Fant have a better last 15 games of the season than Hawkinson because obviously everyone knows Hawkinson went off in the very first game and I think Hawkinson was originally viewed as the safer of the two tight ends and and, but Fant I think was viewed as the one with the higher ceiling and if Fant has already kind of surpassed Hawkinson then yeah I'm taking Fant
0: uh yeah I mean here's where it really boils down for me in this new offense in the Pat Shermer offense you definitely go with Fant uh especially based on the fact that he went and outplayed Hawkinson in year one so Uh, I always thought that Fant was underrated in his ability to block, and the number one reason why people liked Hawkinson more was because of his ability to block. So the fact that you know Fant went out and played in a really tough offense that asked a lot of him, he definitely had his bumps and bruises, but I'll take Fant.
1: Yeah, me as well.
0: Broncos 419. Hey, guys, I'm back. There's been a report that the Broncos could be interested in trading up to either 8 or 10 for Judy. Talked a lot about that. After thinking about that, I came up with an idea that we could all do to help out with everything going on. I'm not sure on the details yet, but I'm not sure if you guys would be interested, but would you be able to, uh, but you'd be able to put it together, put it together a lot better than I could do. I was thinking maybe we could all do some sort of betting pool on where and who the Broncos would take in the first round of this year's draft. Maybe whoever wins could get three months free membership. With all the money we raised, you guys could donate it to some sort of relief program in Denver. Man, super awesome idea. I really love where you're going with this. Basically a fun way for us to help out everyone on the front line and help keep us uh, and those who are helping keep us safe. Like I said, not sure on all the details or how we could do it. I'm sure you guys, uh, if you guys are interested, you could figure out a much better way to put this together. Anyway, much love to you guys and my fellow DNVR family. Keep up the great work, be safe, and keep washing those hands.
1: Well, (laughs) a great idea and great uh, suggestion at the end, Broncos 419. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that idea, something along those lines. Yep. Next one coming in from, ah, the count chiming in, says, gents, in this scenario, you get to bring back one non-quarterback Bronco player from the past in their prime to be on the current roster. So, for instance, if you take TD, you now have Phil, Melvin, and TD. Your goal is to win a Super Bowl this season, if there is one, and to find a player that will be best complement or improve the current team in order to do so. Who is your guy and why genius answers only love the count
0: If you're gonna do this question you have to leave a caveat in there or else it's just way too easy you what take john elway as much as you love drew lock you take john elway
1: he did say non-quarterback
0: oh he did oh okay,
1: he did bad. he did throw that in there
0: i, I read mm. it multiple times just looking for elway's name and didn't see it i was like okay no caveat
1: well, we're talking wide receiver a lot. Are you bringing back Rod Smith? Are you no. bringing back Ed McCaffrey? Are you bringing up Brandon Marshall? No, no you're shaking. Not, your enough,
0: head. not enough positional value there. Um, man. Ryan Clady? I thought about Ryan Clady. Ryan Clady in his prime, that's an all-pro, pro-bowl left tackle. You're good there. You're locked mm-hmm. in. But, uh, man, this is tough. I don't, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I have to keep thinking about it because like you said, there's two holes here, two main holes. You've got left tackle and wide receiver. Left tackle is probably the easy one. You just do it, but that's just not that sexy. It's not that fun. Even (laughs) Ryan Clady, like no one, he's probably undervalued, but no one like gets excited over Ryan Clady's career as a Bronco.
1: No.
0: So, I don't know, like you want to, there's a few positions where the Broncos have had true all-time greats, and funny enough, they're, they're fine at those positions right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know yeah, you'd love to bring back Steve Atwater, but does he really raise the bar that much? And obviously Steve Atwater in today's uh, NFL might be playing like edge rusher <laughs> rather than <laughs> safety, which is just crazy. Um, maybe you bring back like Carl Mecklenburg yeah. to man the middle of the defense, but again, you don't need that much help on defense to win games. So where you really need help is on the offensive side of the ball.
1: <sighs> I guess. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. I guess maybe I just go with Clady.
1: I think you do go Clady. And and I think that's where I go as well. The, the name that I wanted to was Al Wilson. But just because, I mean, in his prime, he was – in my opinion hall of fame worthy but that obviously the prime was way too short to ever talk about hall of fame with him but the positional value just uh, isn't really there so yeah i'm going left tackle and i'm going ryan clady a, a guy who could have been a hall of famer if he played longer
0: yeah that one's just the answer isn't as fun as the <laughs> no <I> no mean, <laughs> maybe you just go shannon sharp yeah and you just oh. double Oof. down on tight ends and like you're just dominant. Or, or you go TD. But, like,
1: mm, just, you don't need uh, TD. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, man, but TD. Whew, that'd be fun. Uh,
0: man, great question, Count. Too <laughs> it bad. really is. It's too bad that it was just so hard. <laughs> Maybe I need to hit up Mile High Green Cross. Just open my mind a little bit. Come up with some different ideas here. And the best part about this is if I go into Mile High Green Cross, sign up for their loyalty program and everyone knows i'm i'm a loyal guy then i'm going to get 20 percent off my entire purchase once a month so make sure you hit up mile high green cross tag them tag us when i know one of you guys went out to davidson this week tagged us in that we really appreciate it. it shows them you know how united we are as a family so hit up mile high green cross let us know when you went and uh keep them in mind
1: Butch Cassidy chiming in with a very interesting question. Ryan, Derek Wolf and Rob Gronkowski run into each other on the street. Who wins in a fight?
0: Easy answer. Derek Wolf wins. Uh, Derek Wolf, you know, he didn't uh, necessarily grow up in Highlands Ranch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's, a, he's, he's, been for, he's been fortified through the fire. Uh, I'm definitely taking him.
1: Well, oh, funny. I am. I mean, it's a coin, coin flip to me. I'll pick Gronk just to play devil's advocate because while he may have grown up in more of a Highlands ranch than Derek Wolf, I mean, him and his brothers seem like they just fought all the time. So I think he's just, I think he was experienced because it seemed like he had about 10 fights a day.
0: Different fights, man. Different <laughs> well, fights.
1: <yeah. laughs>
0: it's a different fight when someone's trying to fight you for your life, rather than you know who gets next on the controller on Xbox.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> uh,
0: from from Jamdrea.
1: I think you got it.
0: All right. Good day, gentlemen, and to the rest of the DNVR community. Happy 420. Oh, like oh, shout wow. out Mile High Green Cross. <laughs> um, you mentioned something on the pod that reminded me of something. I remember when Garrett Bulls came to Denver, hearing about his learning disability and it brought, and it came up again at some point last season. While we understand you guys are not medical professionals, are your, in your opinion, are part of his struggles having to do with his learning disorder, such as understanding information from the playbook, or is it potential stubbornness to pro- properly address it? You know, I don't know. And, and you kind of answered the question there when you said you're not a medical professional. I. I I don't know anything about learning disabilities and how they would affect someone in these uh, scenarios. But I will say that, you know, I've talked about this before. I posted it in the lounge the other night. I said, you know, the, the, the latest NFL source I talked to about Garrett Bowles just said, I feel bad for Bowles because it's not for a lack of trying that he doesn't get it. And to me, if you're putting two and two to get together, then maybe that's what, you know, your, your understanding would be i just don't know so i'm not going to speculate on it um but it's possible and, and it's just a, it's a bummer for sure you know if that's what's holding him back
1: yeah and and uh i think you laid it out pretty well right there
0: he goes on and says i'm not knocking gb in any way for his diagnosis and have respect for his advocacy work but i'm wondering if that's impacted his football outlook wild speculation but i'm guessing that he may have had tutors or mentors during high school or college that have helped him succeed With the investment already made into him, would a tutor be an option or any other player for that matter? I've never heard of this. You know, the Broncos tried something like this in a sense when they essentially gave Garrett Bowles his own coach. Um, I'm blanking on the name right now. But, you know, a couple years ago, they went with the interior line coach and the uh, tackle coach. And from everything we heard, most of the attention, if not all of the attention, from the tackle coach was going to uh to Garrett Bowles, so I think they tried that. You know, they're they've they've been creative in their approach to Garrett Bowles, trying to figure out a way that worked. Going all all the way as far as hiring arguably the best offensive line coach in the NFL to try and spark him, and it's why the last person I talked to just said I uh, they just doesn't matter if he's a tackle guard, Denver. New England, they don't think it's going to work out for him in the NFL.
1: Yep, I totally agree. All
0: right, he goes on and says, Big ups to the DNVR gaming community. I added myself through most everyone on the PlayStation tab. Everyone keep an eye out for JNAC1 to play some Madden. Everything that DNVR has planned for the draft sounds excellent, and you've officially got me stoked. The community will not be divided during this time, and it remains strong together. I'm not going to lie. Some of these draft rumors are getting me excited for us to jump the Raiders, get a better wide receiver, and never let them forget about it. Peace and love to you, gents, and the rest of the DNVR fam. Sorry for the long comment, but it's my first after listening to the pods and being a subscriber for a year plus now. Stay safe and stay well, everyone. Gem, oh, gem, gemandry, gemandry,
1: gemandry, gemandry. Well, we're happy that you're finally rolling with us officially now. And thanks so much for the support. Love that first comment. LDJ chiming in. Thanks guys for your love and compassion Friday. I'm locked into this draft and I'm hearing about teams looking to trade and I know what we want to do at wide receiver. So here's the candidates. Let me know who you're willing to do deals with. Are you willing to trade up with to 13 with the 49ers or trade back up into the first round to grab Mims? If he falls that far, Well, between these, I'm trading up to 13 with the 49ers, and and if there's a wide receiver there, one of those top three guys, and taking him, um, if that'll do. And uh, then I'd be willing to trade back with the the 49ers again, but probably not for mitts.
0: Yeah, exactly. Agree on both accounts.
1: Are you willing to do business in the second with the bears or Rams that need more picks, but have two second rounders? Absolutely. I want to move uh, maybe two third rounders, trade them out for a second round pick. Absolutely. I'm game for that.
0: I mean, Zach and I are all about taking your 10 picks, turning them into six higher picks
1: yep exactly or get one of miami's or jaguars multiple first round picks lot of movement possible on this board what would you guys like best it's draft week so i'm gonna be so wasted thursday zooming with friends can't wait
0: <laughs> well we hope that you uh, also have us streaming on another screen as you zoom with your friends um for me I think the best place to get is 10. So I want to do the deal with the Browns. I don't think he even necessarily mentioned it there, but that's the deal that I want. That's why I mentioned it in our round table. It's, it's the most reasonable price to move up to the best slot, in my opinion, to get a player that you really like.
1: Yep, and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. A third and a fifth? Are you kidding me? Yeah, sign me up. A third and a fourth? Two thirds? Yeah, whatever.
0: From Just Ice Hold the Water. Hey, guys, what did you think of the last dance about Michael Jordan? Zach, did you catch it?
1: Uh, I did not. I didn't get to catch it. I'm going to have to watch it on uh, on repeat.
0: You never are just – why can't you just go along with what everyone else is doing for once?
1: (laughs) Sunday nights are busy, man. Why?
0: (laughs) Sunday night was the perfect time for them to drop this. The whole sports world was watching except you.
1: I can't believe they're doing two episodes a time.
0: That's some bachelor stuff. And I love it.
1: It, it really is. But I, I said, heard it. I heard it was fantastic.
0: They honestly should have just run the whole thing. Started it at noon and just <laughs> done the whole scene. I would have watched the whole thing. Um, anyways, he says, well, first of all, I watched it. It was awesome. Um, the timeline, the way they go about the timeline is kind of difficult to follow. But other than that, you know, the just all the little anecdotes and whatnot are amazing. He said, this is the first sports-related broadcast in what seems like ages. However, this got me thinking. When Michael was talking about how teams shouldn't play for draft because it loses sports integrity or something about that nature, I haven't thought of sports that way until he said that. Do you think that teams wanting to lose for better draft position negatively impacts the team culture? Happy draft week and happy 420. Just ice and hold the water. Um, I feel like if you haven't thought about that, you must not have been tuning in around you know week 6 or 7 of last year when we really started having this conversation and i was the one standing strong in the court that said if you keep losing and keep losing and keep losing you're going to develop a habit of losing so as much as you love the draft position you have to be careful with what you're instilling in this young team because remember this team is built around young players and i just didn't like the idea of of tanking because you let these guys get used to the feeling of losing. So um I'm kind of with Michael on that. Although I, I also understand like, you know, if Shelby Harris just doesn't bat down the damn pass then the Broncos are getting a better player right now, which might be better for their future. But in the end, I think that winning is really, really important and winning has to become a habit before losing becomes a
1: habit. Here's the thing about the Broncos under John Elway specifically. They and Pat Bullen, they were never going to intentionally lose or or just, you know, take the foot, take their gas off the winning uh, pedal, right? They were never going to do that. So the losing culture was going to come in just by pulling the wrong strings and, and not being good. The Jaguars this year, they may end up falling victim to this. And then Trevor Lawrence comes in and he comes into not a very good situation. It takes them a couple of years to get out of this because just of the way it seems they're going right now.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Next one coming in from Montana Bronco. It says, hey, guys, I want to give you my opinion of the draft. You all are probably too young to remember the big Christmas catalog. It would arrive in the mail about a month or so before Christmas. As a kid, I would pour over dreaming of the perfect presents from Santa, that one toy that would change your life. You dream about it. Your whole world will be better. Then the big day comes, and there it is. Some years, it is what you would thought it would be like you love it you play with it endlessly you even sleep with it other years not so much it is tossed in the corner by new year's day and you get more enjoyment out of the box it came in mine was a football uniform and it was a football uniform and football i got when i was about 8 years old white pants red jersey no number plastic shoulder pads and a helmet that did more damage than protection but i loved it and i wore it out so what was your favorite pick and present Sorry for such a long comment.
0: So, uh, we're, we're reflecting on former drafts here first, right? What's, your, what's the draft pick that just made you say, oh my God, this is going to be amazing?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought we were going, I thought we were talking about Christmas presents. So, good well, thing Chris, that you told he said, me what's that. your favorite
0: pick? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, and you're right.
0: Presents, so, both. Oh, um, wow. For me, the pick t- to not go too far back here was Drew Locke. You know, Zach and I, and, and Brandon and Andre, honestly, going all the way back to our time at the Senior Bowl, loved Drew Locke. And when he was there in the second round, we said, oh, man, they got to take him here. And then they took Dalton Reisner, and we're like, man, they, they're they're not taking him again? And then we heard Broncos trading back up to 53, and we're like, this has to be Drew. And when it was Drew, uh, you know, we were – we couldn't wait to get back on the podcast, honestly, just to, to, uh, to share our
1: elation. Yeah, that's, that's, the, uh, that's definitely the one. But the guy right before him, too, Dalton Reisner, it just felt like he was going to be a stud. Totally, totally. Okay, your favorite present. Man, I got so many. My parents are, were in Santa, was so generous. Um, uh, absolutely loved the Nintendo Wii that I got, uh, what, 14 years ago, maybe? Uh, and also I got this when I was a little, little kid, I got this little, uh, car that you drove in and it was a Jeep and you know, the little ones in the backyard. Oh man. I I was in it all the time.
0: Yeah. Those are fun. Um, (laughs) I I may have told this story before because it's a go-to Christmas story for me, but I'll share it quickly. I wanted an Xbox so bad. I mean, I've never asked for anything like i asked for the original xbox i was i mean i probably should have gotten smacked by my mom for how much i talked about the damn xbox <laughs> and she did a really good job of playing it coy with me and i remember like my best friend's mom at the time told him like yep you, you're gonna get it don't worry don't worry honey you know just to get him to shut up about it and my mom did not give and she just kept saying we'll see you know it's really expensive et etc 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 So Christmas morning comes, I'm up before anyone, and I just sprint downstairs, and I start looking at all of the presents, and I know exactly the shape of the box. The Xbox comes in, seen it a million times at the store, just fawned over it, and I'm just rummaging through every present with my name on it, and I do not see one that's that shape. And I, you know, being the little spoiled brat that I was, sat down on the couch near the tree, and it was just like, so mad and just like so disappointed so bummed you know choking back tears honestly and my mom you know makes her way out to the kitchen sees me she's like what's wrong I'm just like nothing nothing's wrong (laughs) and my sister comes down they're like all right should we start opening presents and I'm like no I don't even want to open presents (laughs) My mom's like, okay, whatever you say. Elisa, do you want to open your present? Uh, you should open that one first. And of course, I hadn't thought of looking at presents with my name not on them. <laughs>
1: you know,
0: my sister pulls out a present. And like, I, you know, I'm I'm just pouting in the corner. But like out of the corner of my eye, I could see that the box is kind of the shape <laughs> that I was looking for. And I just see her like tear one little piece of uh of wrapping paper off and I just see that big green x <laughs> and I'm just like yes yes, like going crazy like my emotions are so stirred up that I'm crying tears of happiness now because I was <laughs> I was ready to cry tears of sadness and uh I I mean I was so so unbelievably stoked about it got like maddened with it too oh, it was awesome
1: Man, your mom knew exactly what you were going to do. She knew Uh, that you were going to be down there before anyone else looking at the boxes.
0: I just, I I should ask her, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. Like, did she regret it when she saw how poorly I reacted? (laughs) She's like, ah, damn it. I I took it too far. (laughs) right. The other thing is like, I also rummaged the entire house in the pre-Christmas process
1: looking for it. (laughs) Still couldn't couldn't find find it.
0: it. Nope. She did a great job. (laughs)
1: that that's an awesome story iowa city Broncos says how far does becton fall after the failed drug test unfortunately i think this changes our worst case scenario with him not being gone by 15
0: it doesn't matter i really don't think it matters
1: in the, the drug on- test in yeah. honor of 420 i say no one gives a damn <laughs> that he yeah, failed I the drug test I don't think so either. I think people are going to look at the Larry Mitunso, which was a a lot worse and a lot more uh, intensive a situation just with the the questions and say, well, he still turned out to be a heck of a player. And didn't the NFL
0: in the new CBA, aren't they not testing for this anymore?
1: Um, It, if in 60 days, he doesn't have another failed test, then he'll be like off the protocol where he would have been, put in a protocol going into the nfl where if he stays clean for 60 days then he'll be off so very it, interesting yeah so it, it won't affect him once he's actually in the nfl yeah
0: i just wish these guys were smarter that's the one thing that that's the one knock i'm just like dude come on how yeah. do you how do you let that happen
1: I uh, that stay possible? off the weed for a <laughs> couple months
0: <laughs> real quick just an interesting little tidbit here from Nikki javala on twitter she says, in the last five drafts, Vic Fangio's teams have drafted a grand total of one cornerback. One cornerback in five drafts on Vic Fangio's team. And it was a guy by the name of DeAndre Hall in 2016 who ended up converting to safety anyway.
1: Wow, that's something else. So Vic says free agency or I can just uh, get guys off the street and turn them into gold, just like you did with Bryce Callahan.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Devontae Harris, who no one had ever heard of, and, you know, he came in and played decent ball for the Broncos. So, wow. Those, I mean, that would make it a real shock if the Broncos went C.J. Henderson at 15.
1: If Vic Fangio's
0: never even drafted a a true corner.
1: Yeah, and now you're going at with 15? That'd be
0: really crazy. Man, that's a great tidbit. From Jack Double Magnum, hey, fellas, wanted to run a quick trade scenario by you guys. Reports have come out saying Trent Williams is likely to be moved this week, and predominantly Orange shared a link on Twitter today saying Albert Breer still thinks that Garrett Bowles is on his way out in Denver, and thinking about it some, doesn't a trade for Trent Williams make more sense as time goes on? Did you see that Albert Breer report?
1: I did not, no.
0: I didn't either. Um, my thought process on it would be that we trade Bowles, one of our four tight ends not named Noah Fant, probably jeff hireman makes the most sense in the scenario and maybe one of our third round picks or a fourth rounder for trent williams yeah this is one of those we'll trade you our bad players for your good player (laughs) Uh, i don't think uh ever really worked but anyways he says seems like a win-win for both teams don't see it that way uh we get a massive upgrade at left tackle to help with lock which we could afford with the cost-controlled quarterback drink. And by shedding Hireman's contract as well, Washington would get an immediate replacement for Williams with 4 years starting experience that is a servable starter on a rookie contract <laughs> with a <laughs> fifth-year <laughs> option still. Well, if you, if you, I mean, you're really making that sound great. Why would the Broncos want to pass that up? <laughs> starting tight end if healthy. Oh, okay. That gives them an immediate upgrade at another position of need and some draft capital. By dumping Hireman in a trade, we would also be shedding his contract and getting value in return instead of outright cutting him, which seems likely in a few months, since it seems we just acquired his replacement in Vanette anyway. That's just my thought process on it. It seems like a pretty low-risk, high-reward scenario for both teams, which is pretty rare. I know Washington wanted a first or second-rounder in return for Williams, but I feel like the value is right in this trade. We'd love to get you guys' thoughts on this scenario. Oh uh, <laughs> well, my god, you got to take off those orange and blue glasses.
1: Yeah, this I think
0: an, I think. I mean, this John Elway's saying yes. This is an absolute pillaging, right here. Like, there's no app. There's just no way the Redskins could possibly accept this trade. And all of the nice things you said about those guys in this trade scenario is. Uh, are just not necessarily true um you what they would really be getting is a left tackle who does nothing but get penalties uh isn't necessarily a great locker room presence and creates a massive hole on your offensive line that causes you to design every play to help him uh and a tight end who never really does much in the past game, is decent at blocking and always gets hurt.
1: (laughs) But don't forget about the fourth round pick. You're shipping Uh, them, right? Yes, in the fourth round. Here's what what Washington would say. They would say, okay, this sounds great. Now add on that first or second rounder. And, I mean, that's what they would be looking for. I think if you trade Garrett Bowles for Trent Williams, uh, you could do it, but it would be the exact same trade without him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah you're just like the, well please just take this guy too right
1: I- exactly and Washington may say ah what what the heck I mean Mike Munchak couldn't work with him and I'm sure we won't be able to either but why why not give this guy one more shot since we're clearly going in a in a bad direction this year
0: I, I mean crazier things have happened I guess in trades um Jack Dolomagum I love you but if this trade happens honestly put John Elway in the Hall of Fame again
1: <laughs>
0: for for being a GM.
1: Is it a second gold jacket, or is it a different color jacket this time? What is it? That's a good
0: question. Is that possible?
1: I think Could once you, you're in, you're in.
0: You can't go in twice? I don't think so. Can you get, like, an added thing to your plaque or something?
1: Or a pin for the for the, for the, uh, for the jacket? Yeah. Or a
0: tie? I, I say John Elway should aim to be the first ever two-time Hall of Famer.
1: What about pants, gold pants?
0: Oh, matching gold pants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And then you have other guys that are trying to fake their way in, and they've got those yellow pants, you know, mm-hmm. that don't and, – and it's just so very obvious.
0: It is weird that, like, the greatest achievement in football nets you one ugly jacket. <laughs>
1: It's really true. <laughs>
0: I'm sure in the, in the eyes of the beholder, it's the most beautiful jacket anyone's ever seen. But in a normal scenario, I would never advise that jacket.
1: It's bad. Yeah, it really – it doesn't really work with, it, with anything, no.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly hope the Broncos are able to pull that off. I think it's uh, – the Redskins uh, have had their feet pretty well dug in here. And they're saying, we want a first or second round pick – Trent Williams and really they've been mostly on the first I think it would be a second and some player value I I could get on board with that Uh, a second round pick and you have to give them a good player so I'm trying to think of who you can ship off in this scenario Um, who's good like a second round pick and like Todd Davis
1: you think he would do it
0: that's, probably not. It's a
1: good player.
0: I'm trying to think of a player that.
1: What about Draymond Jones? I'm trying to think of guys that aren't. Right, I think right. that's the Broncos have a really weird tier, and maybe that's their their depth issue. Is I feel like there's either good players that you're like, no, we don't want to give up, or there's no one.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting. Draymond Jones is is a is in a class of his own. A little bit there. It's like, player with promise who has produced a little bit. Who, uh, you know, a decent draft value, but yeah, I mean, you're not giving up the first round pick. Uh, That's the one place where I probably draw the line and say, don't do that. Yeah. But in the end, even if you had to give up a player that you liked, I mean, trying to like who's a player? (laughs) It's, it's tough. Like, it it's like Bradley Chubb, no, Von Miller, no. You know, uh, what
1: about Dalton Reisner?
0: No. No. You're just plugging one hole to create another one. Um and that's a, how this deal would be. Yeah. Cortland Sutton, no way. Philip Lindsay. Lindsay I mean Philip I Lindsay say no. in a second. I say no, I wouldn't okay. do the deal. Um, but they might. Right. Um it's it, it that's an interesting one where it's like, okay, well, you definitely aren't trading Melvin Gordon because you just got him. Um, because if you ask me, I would just say, well, just do Melvin Gordon in a second. <laughs> and now you've really uh, done one hell of a finesse job on the Redskins. <laughs> yeah. uh, and unfortunately on Melvin Gordon as well. But um, that one would make sense to me, especially since you clear up some cap space as well, which you're going to need to do. But it's it, you're right. The Broncos have got young guys that they really like and veterans who are stars. And then everyone else is... Not good,
1: yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you would be creating a hole, and maybe it's a place where you already have a little bit of depth at defensive line at running back. I feel like it would be bad to trade Dalton Reisner and just open up that hole,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. You don't want to do that, especially for an older player, yeah. Well, I guess there's not a trade, <laughs> I'm not coming up with anything that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, but I think that you, uh, would you ship a second and a third this year?
1: Yes, I me would. I too. would.
0: Yep. yep. Sign me up Forty-six, seventy-seven.
1: And then you trade tackle. and then you trade your two third round picks to move back up in the second. You got a left tackle. You got a wide receiver. Then use that other second round around whatever you want. Center Oof. man there. We're talking.
0: And now you are completely out of the third.
1: Yep. Okay,
0: so, yeah, Some now you're down to, to getting the third. <laughs> now you're down to like seven picks. Yeah. Sounds great. And you've got three absolute studs. Oh man, count me in. Absolutely, no, no questions asked. Sign me on the dotted line. Game over.
1: Yep. Oh man, I love that. You got LaVisca, Jerry, Judy, and Trent Williams. How about that?
0: Or, yeah, or cushionberry or yeah. uh Piatish, or who you might actually be able to wait a little longer on, but yeah, I mean Laviska, char Williams and Cherry Judy, like <laughs> playing the parade um okay, shout out to Davidsons if you're trying to get stocked up before Thursday's draft to to watch along with us uh on the live stream, then make sure you hit up Davidson's Centennial Highlands ranch uh they've got. Delivery, they've got pickup. However you want to obtain the spirits that you need, Davidson's has you hooked up. Supporting them is supporting us, so make sure you hit up Davidson's uh, and tag them when you do. But for today, it's going to wrap it up for Zach and I on the DNVR Broncos podcast. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you, of course, tomorrow.